going to jump right in. So if you are new here, if this is your first time or you are, are relatively new or haven't been here in a while, um, what we do every single week is we look into God's word. We believe that this is, is truth. This is ultimate truth. This is where we look to for the answers to the questions that we have in our lives. And uh, here's the cool thing that uh, I, I was thinking through this week. Uh, as I was reading God's word, uh, if you follow me on Instagram, you saw a post that I made. And the truth behind that post is I don't care who you are. You can be saying, hey, I'm following Jesus with my whole life. Or you can be like, I don't even know who Jesus is. And if you apply what the Bible says to your life, it will, I guarantee it will make your life better. Whether you're following Jesus or not, if you say, hey, I'm just gonna, I don't know that I want a relationship with Jesus. I just wanna follow the disciplines and the practices in this book. If nothing more, you should see the Bible as a great book of wisdom that will make your life better. If you see it for all it's worth, you understand that it not only makes your life better, it gives your dead life true life. And so um, as we're getting into this, today's one of those days where it has something. I don't care who you are. First time, never been here before, been here your whole life, have a relationship with Jesus or don't. Today is one of those, one of those pieces of wisdom that's going to say, if you apply to your life, it will make your life better, and it will make the relationships that you have with others better. So we're going to jump right in. So we are in the book of James in this series called The Mirror. God's word shows us our true reflection. It shows us what we need to see, not what we want to see. And so we're going to look into that today. We're going to be in James chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. And we're going we're gonna to look at the mirror and see what God's word has to show us about our true reflection. And so here's what it says, James chapter 3 verses 1 through 12. Taming the tongue. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able, able also to bridle his whole body. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the, the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among other members, staining the whole body, setting, the fire, setting on fire the entire course of life and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird of, of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can be tamed, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessings and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening, both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives or a grapevine produce, fig, produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this morning. I pray, Father, that this morning we would, um, our hearts would be open to understanding um, the truth that your word speaks, the wisdom that your word speaks, that our words have such great power, Father, that we would walk away understanding that we have an incredible tool. And that tool can lead to destruction or it can lead to, to, uh, to glory. 
And so, Father, I pray that as we learn from your word, as we seek wisdom, pray, Father, that we would apply it to our lives, watch your spirit make our lives better in the interactions that we have with others. So it's in your name, Father, we pray. Amen. So um, any fans of This Is Us? No, bummer. Okay, there's like seven of you. Uh, maybe, maybe it's showing my age. How many of you have ever seen This Is Us? Let's go raise your hands because voices, wow, not many of you. So this is going to be um, a big spoiler for everyone, but whatever. Here we go. So there's a show that Emily and I love called This Is Us. It started last year, and it's about this family um, that's doing life together. Um, a mom and a dad and three children. Um, two are twins, um, and the third one is an adopted uh, child. And so it's a, it's a blended family, um, and they do life together. And so it's all of the things that they go through um, throughout life. And so it shows, it shows um, moments where mom and dad were younger um, and the kids were younger, but it also shows what we would consider modern day where the kids are about 32, 33 years old. And so it, it, it goes back and forth. And it, the cool thing is it, it taps into different eras. And so we see them when they're kids, when they're babies. We see mom and dad before the, the kids ever happen. We see mom and dad before they ever meet each other. But then we see what life is like today. And early on in the series, here's the thing. If you're like, I really want to get into This Is Us, don't listen to this part because I'm going to throw a lot of spoilers, okay? Um, very quickly, we learn that the father dies. His name's Jack. And I love Jack. You know, he is one of those guys, like, there are different things in him that I'm like, man, I want to be a dad like that. If, if for whatever reason God calls me home before, before I feel my time is done here, I want to leave the kind of legacy that I see Jack has left in his family and in his friends and the people around him. So very, very quickly into the beginning of the show, we learn that, that Jack dies. He's not, he's not in modern day. And so the whole time, every episode, it's like, well, how did Jack, how did Jack die? Because we see the, 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 the feelings that the children have, um, the, the, the memories that they have with him, but we never um, had found out what happened to Jack, what caused these feelings in, these, the, in, in his children. Some of them felt it was their fault and these different things. And it ultimately came down to Super Bowl Sunday. They said, hey, stick around after the game because we're going to show you every question you've ever asked about this is us will be answered which wasn't true. Only a couple questions were answered. Um, but we found out how ultimately the character Jack died. Um, and we all knew that there was a house fire, but we didn't know anything around it. And all of us who were, who were, who were zoned into this show were like, okay, it's the episode. And they showed the house caught on fire. And we're like, that's what it is. Jack is gonna, all of us had our different, different guesses at what it was. And no one was right because that's what great shows do. They make you think this way and then they end up revealing something over here. But what that show showed me is, is what happened is it was Super Bowl Sunday in the show and um, Jack was cleaning up the kitchen at the time, his kids were seniors in high school, all three of them, and he finishes cleaning the dishes, and he wipes his hands, um, and there's this crock pot, and he puts the towel down, and he walks, and he goes to bed, and he thought he shut the crock pot off, but quickly we realized is it wasn't. The light came back on, and it started to short out, and the sparks from the crock pot caught the towel on fire, and quickly the towel... Um, was fully engulfed in flames and it caught onto the curtains and the curtains in the kitchen started to catch fire and then the cabinets caught fire and then next thing we know, obviously it's panning through these scenes quite, you know, quite quickly and the whole kitchen's on fire. 
Next thing we know is it shows a scene of, of, of Jack and, and his wife in the room and smoke's coming through the door and he goes, honey, the house is on fire. And when he opens up the door to, to, to the hallway, the whole house, the whole house is engulfed in flames. And like this incredible destruction, like this is the episode we've all been waiting for and we see what happened is the whole house, like the whole house is engulfed in flames just crazy, and, and he's going to help the kids, and the flames are so hot, it burns his hands, the whole thing. But what we need to take from that is this huge flame that caused incredible destruction that took one of our favorite characters away from us, and this is us. It started from a small spark, from a small spark that spread quickly. And I think for, for those of us who have ever um, in, in, encountered maybe a fire, we understand that once it's once it's started, it catches quick. And it can be incredibly destructive. I think that's what James is really pointing to here. It's one of, the, one of the examples that he gives us. How a small spark, how a small spark can take what is around it and turn it into a complete terror zone, something that's being destroyed, something incredibly destructive that not just ruins things, but ruins lives. And so let's jump back in. Let's jump back in. And, and I think really what, what we need to understand is there are sparks that we start all the time that we don't necessarily know about. There are sparks in our lives where, where we don't know really really what the outcome is. Here's what I guarantee you. In that show, had Jack, had Jack found himself knowing that that crock pot would short out, I guarantee he would have not only not left the towel there, he would have unplugged it and gotten rid of it. But what we do is we go through lives and we start to say words. And with each word, it starts a small flame. And if the, if the, if the circumstances are just right and I don't do the right thing by putting this out in the right way, before we catch this place on fire... There we go. A small spark can start a great fire. And our words can be that small spark. So let's jump back in. So James says this. He says, not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. This verse right here. Remember a couple weeks ago, I talked about all the books that I had to read and the seminary that I was going through. That verse right there is the reason why I decided that I need to be in seminary. Why I needed to go all in in my role in desiring to become a pastor. Because what James says right there, he says, not many of you should become teachers. And so in that moment, I read this. The first time I read it, I go, man, that, that really stinks because I know that's, what's God, that's what God is calling me to do. He says, my brothers, for you, know, for you who know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. And so what we need to understand is those of us who stand up on the stage, those of us who go out and we teach and we show others who God is, whether we like it or not, the world puts us up on a pedestal and says, you need to act better than everyone else. The world judges us with greater strictness. As I read that, I go, well, that tells me a couple things. I need to make sure my life is right. I need to make sure that I'm living my life in the right way. I need to make sure that when I read God's word, I'm interpreting it and I'm giving it to you guys in the right way. Because the reality is, 
It happens all the time. When, when, I, meet, when I meet with maybe your friends or people um, at schools or you know, when I play golf and a couple guys join us, wherever it is, regardless of where I'm at, they always go, hey, Ryan, what do you do? Well, I'm a pastor. And all of a sudden they go, oh, what have I said so far? What is he judging me about? Man, I, you know what? When I missed that one shot, I dropped, I dropped a bomb. Uh, and I know he's judging me for that. Because for whatever reason, people say, well, he's, he's a pastor, and so he, he, he's li- he needs to live his life right, but also I need to make sure that I'm acting the right way around them. So James goes on, he says, for we all stumble in many ways. What he understands there is even those of us who are teachers, regardless of where we're at, we all stumble. We're flawed human beings. We all stumble in many ways. But he goes on to say this. <clears throat> And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. And so we look at that, we look at that, and, and what James is saying is something that, that can't happen. But he's showing us his understanding and his knowledge of how difficult it is to control our tongues, to control the words that come out of us. And he says, if, for some, if in some way you are able to control the words that come out of your body, the words that you say and the words that you write, if you were somehow able to do that, he goes, you would have no problem living a perfect life because he understands how hard it is to control the words that come out of us. So what he's saying is he goes, guys, I know how you feel. What I'm about to tell you is incredibly difficult and I'm in the same boat as you. This is all of us this morning. It is really difficult, next to impossible to fully control our tongues. He says this in verse three. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. He says, look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder. Wherever the will of the pilot directs, so also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. And so Paul taught, or Timothy, James, there we go. James talks about this right here. This is, this is a bit. This is a bit that goes in a horse's mouth that controls it however the rider wants it to go. And I look at this, and this is quite small. I don't know if you've ever been at a farm or around a horse, but horses, like, I know that they're big, but when I get around them, it reminds me, like, they're way bigger than I thought they were. Like, just massive creatures. They're strong. They're, they, they, they have a strong will as, as well. If you know somebody who rides horses, if you know somebody who regularly engages with them, what you quickly understand is they are difficult to control. Just standing beside them, telling them what they need to do. But what James tells us is when you put something this small, I mean, this maybe weighs maybe a pound. Average horse, I would say like 1,200 pounds, 1,500 pounds. Like there are some horses that are like just massive Clydesdales. They're, they're, they're draft horses that pull and plow. They're like just giant, massive creatures. And they're all controlled by something this small. And so he talks about ships. I don't know if you've ever been on a boat, like a really big boat, not like grandpa's fishing boat, but like how many of you have ever been on a cruise before? Okay, those, they're like, the, the best way I've ever heard them described is their apartment buildings on the water, okay? Like, they are stinking huge. 
but the rudder is less than 1% the size of the ship. But that rudder is what controls the ship and tells it where to go. The captain decides, hey, we're going to go right. He moves the wheel. The rudder positions it and takes this apartment building on water in the direction that he wants it to go. Very much like a bit in a horse's mouth. We can control it. And what James is saying is the thing that controls us is our tongue. And how great is it that in the comparison of our entire bodies, our tongue is less than like a half of percent of who we are. But it is the thing that controls us and takes us where it will. Or if we can find a way to control it, we can allow it to take us where God wants us to go. So he goes on. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among other members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. So what he's talking about here, he's, he's looking back to the power of the tongue. And how when we, when we start to talk, we light a match. We start a small spark that leads into a small flame. He says, from this, great destruction can happen. A small flame. And so he's talking about the words that we say. We're going to really look at that this morning. We're going to really look at that. So, so today, we're going to talk about, about two sets of things. We're going to talk about thumbs and tongues, fire and poison. Thumbs and tongues, fire and poison. And so as I read this in the events of this week and with what happened in Florida and what I've seen since then, I I just want you guys to know, I hate Facebook. I know that a lot of you aren't connected to it, but the adults in the room, you know what I'm talking about. I hate Facebook. I hate it. All I want to do, and all I want to do is I want to get on and I want to look at videos of, of puppies and, and kids swinging the wiffle ball bat and hitting the ball and dads taking groin shots. Like, that's what I'm all about in Facebook. Like, that's what I want to see. I want to go on there and I want to see things that make me laugh, that I enjoy. But quickly I get on there and the events of this week with what happened in Florida where the, the ni- this 19-year-old uh, boy, I don't know that we can call him a man because I don't know that he was, he was displaying the attributes of a man, went in and took the lives of some of his former classmates. And this outpouring of, of, of grief and this outpouring of, of uh, just so many different emotions. And I will never forget it. My heart breaks for that young man. My heart breaks for the families of those affected. My heart breaks for the classmates and the teachers and everyone. My heart breaks for this nation. But there was a certain point where they're interviewing some of the students And as they're interviewing them, they interview this one uh, young man, and they said, tell me about this young man that that did this. And right there, he had an opportunity. What he did, he struck a match. He said, he was a weird kid. He was crazy. And I don't understand, I don't understand what, why he would do this. He was just, he was just a weird guy, and I I never understood him, and he always kind of separated himself. And he, he went to berate this young man. And I understand in that moment, he was probably really angry with what happened. But even in that moment, my assumption is even in that moment, that's not the first time people had said things like that about this young man. 
my assumption, and I could be completely wrong, but those were some of the things that were said to this young man that made him go down the road and led him to the point where he said, you know what, today's the day where I want to take the lives of my former classmates. We strike matches. We say things. And then I go online and I see all of these different things about people blaming this thing over that thing and it's gun rights and it's versus uh, gun control and a lot of these different things. And I get sucked into it as well because I have a very specific stance on it. But here's what I realize. At the moment, I realize, hey, it's not about, it's not about gun control or gun rights. It's about a lack of love and letting our tongues speak with whatever they please. It's about letting our thumbs go wild while we're posting on somebody or we're sending them something on Snapchat or we're calling out somebody on Instagram. It's the way that our thumbs go wild because in that moment, we can just say whatever we want and we just put it out there. And what we do, what we find is we, we, we reach into the box and we take one out and we strike another match. And this has the potential for incredible destruction. A lot of times we don't see it because the reader just says, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get rid of it. But I'm reminded constantly the things that I see on Instagram, on people's comments, the way that students say, hey, check out this text message that I got, the things that we see after the fact, there's a lot of matches being struck. And we are letting our tongues and our thumbs control our lives, our emotions, and our potential destruction. I think of the students from Stark County and surrounding areas that have taken their lives. And my assumption is, I hope I'm wrong, but I'm probably right, is there are a lot of matches that were struck in the lives of those kids that people said things to them. That students and adults and teachers and parents let their thumbs and their tongues control their entire body. And the words that are coming out of them are words that lead people to the point where they go, you know what? This world hates me and I'm gonna show this world how much I hate it. See, when it comes down to it, for this, at the end of the day, it's not about gun control or gun rights. It's about how we love one another. That's what it comes down to. Imagine, imagine what this weekend, this last week could have been if if for some crazy reason we were able to interview those people and they're like, man, you know what? He goes, you know what? People just love me at this school. I graduated. I lost my dad when I was a young kid. I lost my mom last year and I was surrounded by love. That stuff doesn't get coverage. How about those students? If they're walking through the halls, those students that are no longer with us because they took their lives, how about if we could talk to them today and they said, you know what? My life is great because I have people around me that hardly even know me that love me. They spread love. I look at the things that we put in our Instagram feeds and that we send to other people and that we tag other people in. And I even see it. There's certain, there are certain Instagram accounts that I follow that every once in a while, it shows a, a, a picture of like this just like ugly dog. And it says, tag a friend who looks like this. You know what I mean? And it's one thing, you know, there, there are times with my buddy Marshall, I'll take, I'll, take, I'll take a screenshot of it, I'll send it to him and we'll get a good laugh out of it because he knows that, that it's love, but I don't throw it out there. You know what I mean? Like it's essentially what that's saying is, hey, publicly shame someone right now. 
publicly put them on the block and put them in a shameful position and shame them so that other people could potentially like it. I mean, this is real. We strike matches all the time, and we don't understand the destructive nature that comes from a small spark. And this is for Ryan as well, and this is for parents as well. And this is for small group leaders as well. Don't think that this is just for me as a student. But here's the thing. It has incredible influence on your lives because the people you walk through life with are desiring and dying. They are dying to feel love. And you have the potential to lead them to create a spark that leads to destruction. Here's the thing. All I know is what happened in Florida, there was an initial spark. And that fire slowly grew. And it slowly grew to find the destruction that we are living in right now. It's how we love people. It's the things that we type. It's the things that we write. It's the things that we say that have incredible potential. So James continues to talk about this. The destructive nature of the tongue. He says, how great a force is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among other members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life. And this, it's not just regular fire. He says this, and set on fire by hell. There's something that's inside of us that says, you know what? I see somebody's down. I want to take advantage of that. You know what? We don't have to get along. We don't have to get along with everybody in the room. There are people that I interact with on a daily basis that I walk away and I go, man, that's, they're just not the typical person that I would hang out with. They may be a little bit odd. They may be a little bit weird. But here's the thing. I know people walk away from that conversation. Probably a lot of you guys walk away and you go, man, Ryan is really weird. It's not about capitalizing on them being odd or weird. It's capitalizing on your opportunity to spread love and to say, hey, you know what? I don't know. I don't know that we would ever, outside of the confines of what this is, I don't know that we would ever be friends. I don't know that we would ever be this. But here's the thing. We are in this. And so my response is I'm going to love them. I'm going to love them because I know that Jesus looks down and he loves them just as much as he loves me. But what James is saying is when we capitalize on those opportunities, we strike a match, it becomes an incredibly destructive fire. He says a fire from hell. So he goes on in verse 7. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by, by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. So he throws another thing. It's not, just, it's not just fire. There's also poison in our tongues. There are times, there are times where we say something with the intent to not kill somebody, to not destroy them, but to really just hurt them. There are things that we say a lot of the times that we're like, man, I don't want, to, I don't want this to, I don't want you to go, my, my intention is not for you to just go ended or for us to completely be di uh, disengaged for the rest of our lives. But my intention is just to throw you a little zinger that stings a little bit, that hurts just a little bit, just enough. I want to give you just a little bit of poison, not enough to kill you, but enough to just take you off your feet. And we do this as well. We see people who, who say those things, and man, I want to hurt them. 
I'm jealous of what they have and how happy they look. And so I'm going to just throw a little zinger in there that hurts just enough. I've been there too. There are times where I see opportunities and I go, yep, it's going to happen. You've done these things to me, now it's my turn. Or there are, there are, there are times where I look at, at those relationships or those people that I have that ultimately I am envious of, and it comes out as opposed to love and gratitude for what they have in their lives. It comes out as, I'm going to throw a little zinger at you. Just, just a drop of poison in your, in your water, just enough to take you out of your zone. And what James is saying here is he goes, every creature has been tamed by mankind. But when it comes to us seeing that we need to tame something even more important than any beast or creature, he says, we cannot do it. We cannot tame our tongue. He says, it can't be done by mankind. Verse nine because it's a restless evil full of poison. With it, we bless our Lord and Father. You know, we come in here and we say, man, we read, maybe we read something in God's word. Maybe something great happens. We're like, man, God, thank you, man. This is awesome. Praise you, Jesus. Praise God. Amen. You know, we, we may not say it out loud, but we think it in our hearts. We come here on Sunday mornings and we say, you know what, I'm going to sing out to, to God. We go into the big room and we sing and we cry out to who God is and we, we bless God for who he is because he is worthy. No doubt about it. God is worthy of our praise. We sang that and we do that. We live our lives and we say, you know what, I'm going to bless God because he deserves the blessing. And here's the thing. When we bless God, it is the greatest thing that we can ever do. When we bless God for who he is, it's the greatest thing that we can do with our words. But after that, with it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. So what James is saying here is what we, what we quickly forget, we praise God for who he is and all he does, but what we quickly forget is God made each and every one of us exactly how we are. And we curse those people and this isn't just like four-letter words that we curse, swearing at one another. Like what, 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 what James is talking about here, the kind of curse that he's referring to is the curse that we see in Luke chapter 6, verse 27 and 28, the Beatitudes. We talked about this about a year ago. And this is Jesus speaking, so this is great stuff. He says, but I say to you, who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you and pray for those who abuse you. Bless those who curse you. And what Jesus is talking about, this curse, it's not swearing at them. It's not just limited to swearing at them. What this curse is saying, I wish ill upon you. I wish that you would be wiped from this earth. I wish that your relationship with God would be non-existent and that God's full wrath would be poured out on you. We might go, wow, that's pretty deep. When we really look at it, that's what we're trying to do. When we say these things, when we write these things, when we make comments, we're trying to nick away at what other people think about them so that they will be brought down lower. We say we want to put ourselves ahead of them. 
We look at them and we say, I'm better than you. I'm better than her. I'm better than him. I'm better than that group of people. And so my goal and my objective is to take them down so that the whole world knows that they are less than I am. What James is, what James is saying is, no, 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 no. God made them just the same way that he made you. So how can we bless our Father in heaven and give him glory and blessing for all that he has done when we look at the things that he has done and those are the things that we curse? With it, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth comes blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. James is saying, we don't understand the potential, both positive and negative. We do not understand the potential of our lives and of our words when we take them out and we just throw them out there and we light a small spark. What incredible potential our tongues have. And he says, if we're living in a world where we're praising God, but we're cursing others, he goes, these things can't be. They cannot be. He goes on to give us one last example of, of just how this idea of blessing God, but cursing others, of blessing God, of, grow, of, of, of pursuing a relationship with God, but living a life where we're, where we're bad-mouthing people, where we're throwing zingers at people online and in their face, where we have students among us who are literally dying inside because of what others are saying to them, because the power of the tongue. James says those two can't really live together. He says, does a spring pour forth from the same opening, both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives? Or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. What James is really saying there, what I really think he's saying there, is you are one or the other. You are either one who will curse others, who will wish bad upon them, who will speak bad upon them, And you don't really have a lasting and quality real relationship with Jesus. And this can be scary. This hopefully allows us and causes us to recheck what our relationship with Jesus looks like. What he says is you are one thing or the other. You're either the real deal or you're not. When we can't control our thumbs and our tongues, fire and poison come out. He says that, this, that these, 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 uh, this fig tree can only produce figs. If you walk up to a tree, we've talked about this a lot of times. If you walk up to a tree and you pull a piece of fruit off, the fruit tells you what kind of tree it is. I can't put tulip bulbs in the ground, walk away and expect roses to come up. The fruit tells you what kind of tree it is. The water tells you what kind of pond or lake or ocean it is. The fruit tells you what the plant is. And so if I were to buzz through 
your Instagram, or if I were a way to comp- able to compile all of these things from your life and I looked at it, what would it tell me about your life? What would, if you looked at my life, what would it tell you about my life, about who I really am, about what I really produce? Is it fire and poison or is it love and hope? Those two don't coexist. They can't be hope and poison can't be fire in love, not the destructive fire that we're looking at. And so my question for you is just that. What are you doing in your life? How are you utilizing your tongue and your thumbs? Here's what James says. We cannot control it. So what we must do is we must say, hey, God, you can. And so I need you to come in my life and I need you to change my heart so that when I see others, when I see these students who are dealing with depression, when I see these students who are getting made fun of and picked on, how will you call me to respond? We have a lot of people around us who are walking around dead on the inside because they have got nothing but poison thrown at them and their life is slowly burning to the ground. We have the opportunity comes back to Jesus and the Beatitudes. Love your enemies. It's easy to love your best friend. They're sitting right beside you. You probably hung out with them last night. It's easy to love our best friends. But what it, what it's really difficult to do, and we cannot do it without Jesus inside of, is love our enemies. Love the oddballs. Love the people who we don't understand. Love the people who are called freaks and weirdos the guy or the girl who keeps to themselves. How are we going to respond? We cannot control our tongues. We cannot tame our thumbs. It's not possible. It's a hard issue. But if we allow Jesus to fully take control of our lives, to fully take over, then he takes over our heart, not our physical heart, not the, not the organ that keeps the blood pumping through our veins, but our soul. If we let him take over our lives, then we start to see who Jesus is, the love that he has poured out on us. And we go, I have, I have to, I have to love everyone. I have to love the people that I don't get along with. I have to love the people who hate me. We don't see those stories in the news, but they're, they are out there. You can probably, if you step back and look, you can identify me. And that guy gets ragged on all the time, but he just, he continues to love people. I don't know. I don't know what it is. These are the people that stand out. This is the salt and the light of this world. We're talking about that this month. We're looking at volunteer appreciation. We have the opportunity to be light in a world that has just sees darkness. And it starts with our, our words starts with our heart, starts inside first and letting Jesus take control. And then it's saying, you know what? I'm going to use my words, both written and spoken, to do amazing things. As we look into history, we see that some of the greatest leaders and some of the worst leaders, it came down to the words that they spoke. Adolf Hitler was a profound communicator. He was unbelievable. His words carried weight, and he got people to fall in line because of it. Martin Luther King, he was an incredible speaker, and he went in the opposite direction. He says, I'm going to spread love instead of hate. I am going to spread community instead of isolation. So what kind of words are you going to speak? 
because both will always be remembered in history. But it's my belief that there's only one of them who's living in heaven. And only one of them who spread hope and spread love and helped others see the light in the darkness. Strike a match to show others who are in darkness what light looks like. Strike a match so that others can see the hope and the love that exists in Jesus through the way that you treat them and you speak to them and you speak about them. Let's start using our tongues and our thumbs to utilize the love that we have received from Christ to show others. Imagine what that could look like. Imagine what that could look like. If you saw somebody post something and you went up and you said, you know what, I'm gonna fill love. I'm gonna fill their, I'm gonna fill their, their, their timeline with love. I'm gonna fill their life with love. I'm gonna send them a note. I'm gonna say thank you. I'm gonna say, hey, I see you. I see you. I, I see what you're doing. Keep it up. I am so proud of you. Go find that kid who's sitting alone at the lunch table. Love on him. And get a couple friends to come along too. Our words hold incredible power. How are you going to use them? What are you going to do with your thumb? With your thumbs? What are you going to do with your tongue? There's going to be fire and poison. There's going to be love and hope. I know what we're called to do. So let's do that. Let's give hope to those who are lost. Let's end this craziness that's going on. Let's, let's, let's let Northeastern Ohio, let's let these surrounding areas become a place where they go, I don't know what's going on here, but there's not as much craziness going on here as a, let's look deep. Let's put out so much love. Let's do it that news outlets have to pick it up. They, they have to say there is something special going on in Lake High School or Green High School or Chippewa or Glen Oak or wherever it might be. There is something special that's going on in Ohio. Because here's what I can guarantee you. If we put so much love out there, we're no longer going to be talking about political issues or this right over that way, right? We're going to say, man, people are really loving on one another. We'll find that when we start to love one another, we're going to stop fighting. And these issues, we realize how secondary they are because we're taking care of the primary issue. And you have that power inside in each and every one of you to spread love and hope, to light a fire that is an incredibly amazing fire that people see and they go, that's not a destructive fire. That is a fire that is leading people to light, to Jesus who loves us. So let's just show that. That's it. At the end of the day, if you do nothing else, just show the love that Jesus has shown us. That's it. That's what it comes down to. Thumbs and tongues can lead to hope and love. So let's do that together. Father God, I thank you for this morning. God, I thank you for your word. Thank you for who you are. God, I pray that you would just continue to, to call us out, that your spirit would check us, that when we see that thing online, when we see that, 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 that opportunity, Father, that instead of responding with a zinger, I pray, Father, that we would respond with love, that we would, that we would shine light and hope into the lives of these people that we interact with. God, we know that it's not our actions. It's the actions that you have called us to do, that your spirit is willing us to do. And Father, we pray, I pray that we would respond in incredible obedience. Father, allow us to love like you have loved us. God, thanks for what you're doing. Continue to pray. Amen. You guys can stand and come up again for the last song.